0: Are you guys getting, like, reverb from my TV at all? Like, can you hear my TV or should
1: I... No, I can't hear anything. You're good. Right.
2: Welcome in to the opening kickoff podcast. We're keeping this, by the way, the opening of that. I'm your host, Dave little Peyton, we've reached the end. This is our last show for the year. How does... Like, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling like a break was necessary.
1: Yeah, I think there's a needed break for about everything. Work, this... Everything. I mean, the Steelers playing on Sundays is really just killing me. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I am just because I know we're going to have to talk about it because we talked about in November. We talked to you guys about your struggles. It's only fair. We talk about us. So I don't know. It's been a good it's been a good year. A lot of growth. Numbers are a lot better than they were last year. So. House sponsor, so overall, I'd say
2: it went pretty well. This, this has been a fantastic year. We'll mention uh, some of that later in the pod, and we'll kind of recap what's been a very fun 2020 for all of us in terms of doing this. I'm your host, Dave Samuel. That voice you just heard is co-host number one, Peyton Gerard. Uh, Brandon Stevens is still away with his family. We are wishing him all the best, and we hope to see him in the new year. But we have to bring in our great guest, With us this week, his background, by the way, is cracking me up. So if I just spontaneously start laughing right now, at any point during the show, it is because of this man's background that I have to look at. But it is our friend, Steve Shanley. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing great, Dave. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, buddy. Peyton, how are you? You little scumbag, you bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... (laughs) I mean, basically happy to have me on. You just, you just, you just, you just done with me. You get enough of me.
1: So here's the question I have. And I was going to ask Davis before I got on, how did you get on this show? Let's start there. (laughs) Did you ask to come on or did he ask you?
0: No, I didn't ask. I didn't ask Dave. Uh, I dropped some cards off to Dave about a month and a half ago or something. And he mentioned he wanted to have me on, um, I think it was more of just an early Christmas present to you. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep. That's about laughs> right. Yeah,
1: I don't talk to you enough like during the week. So yeah, nah. that's, that's fine.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, cool. Well, happy Merry yeah. Christmas. I hope, uh, I hope both of your families are doing well. Thanks nice for having me on.
2: Yes. Uh, thank you for bringing it up, uh, Steve and same to you. And we want to wish everybody a, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, Happy New Year, because of course we won't be on next week, we'll have a, a week off here to recharge the batteries a little bit. We got still a lot to discuss, the college football, the news is coming out left and right, bowl season is underway, we've got the NFL discussion, including Week 16, talk about some wildcard teams, we'll talk about Drew Brees, but we have to discuss I mean, the, on, the ongoing saga that is James Harden and the Houston Rockets. And that is this week's opening kick presented to you by Thrive Fantasy. Peyton, tell them about Thrive.
1: I was going to say, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, the week of gambling this week. I mean, you might as well just go on to Thrive Fantasy. Got to go prop up Thrive, Fan- Thri- Thrive Fantasy this season. They eliminated need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you, about the top-tier athletes in respective sports. If NFL choose 10 out of the 20-player prop options to build your lineup, if NBA, MLB, PGA, eSports, whatever it is, just pick five out of the top 10-player prop options, the more points a um, selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the more points to win a share of the prize pool. They have given out over a $1 million since 20, uh, 2018 and $50,000 guaranteed to prizes in NFL weekly. Call to action. Use promo code KICKOFF when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $50 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy
2: today. All right. Thank you for that, Peyton. But the the saga that is James Harden and the Houston Rockets, we've talked about for a couple weeks now. We now know James Harden really does not want to be on this Rocket team anymore. He wants to be on a different team. And... Things came to a head. Now, mind you, we're taping this right now, Wednesday, December 23rd. We just had James Harden is essentially being suspended. They haven't announced how many games. He's been fined for being videotaped at what he claims is not a strip club, but a club that he rented out without a mask, without social distancing. Three Rocket players tested positive. Another, Another couple with close contact. So the Rockets actually cannot play their first game. They do not have enough eligible players. So Rockets thunder has been postponed. Steve, I'll throw this to you to start, but how can the Rockets keep James Harden on this team? I think is the question on everyone's mind. Well,
0: um, well, they can't, um, they can't keep him there, but the, and he's, and James Harden is one of the, you know, um, probably, yeah, you know, you know, the very few that I actually believe should have the ability to have this whole player empowerment deal, where he should have the ability to, to request a trade and kind of go where he wants, just based off of his talent level. Um, but I think it, it, the the whole topic is getting a little bit out of control um, over the last year or so. The guys like Buddy Healed and shit asking to leave to leave uh, the Kings and stuff like that. But the, you know, so I. I I I do believe that that the Rockets should should trade him. Um, I don't you know now with his actions being the way they are and how you know off the cuff he is and how out of control he completely out of pocket he is. I don't know what kind of return they'll get, but um, you know he obviously you can't can't just keep him on the roster. He's just a, he's cancer at this point. So um, you gotta get ri- you gotta get rid of him and and take what you can get. You know and take the salary relief that that you'll get. You know. Um, go invest in your future a little bit.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Rockets have had a run at it for the past couple of years, right? They've had their chances a couple of different times to, you know, go make a move in the West. And, and it just hasn't panned out just with how strong the, you know, the Warriors have been for a couple of years and, and, and even the the new look Lakers now um, just didn't work out. And just, you know, it happened. So start over.
1: Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree. I don't know if it was you who said it this week or where I heard it, but I don't know if I've ever seen anybody basically force a trade faster other than Antonio Brown until this guy. I mean, shows up to camp. He just looks like absolute melted ice cream. He looks like shit. And then literally just goes to a strip club, like make sure he's videoed, like doesn't try to conceal it. Like, the Dwayne Haskins are out of, like, he just got caught in the back of an Instagram story. Like, it's just blatantly, like, he doesn't want to be there. And he's just trying to get out. Now, you kind of said, like, what can somebody, what can they even get for him? Like, the next team, they're probably going to have to deal with the same thing. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it is James Harden. So, I mean, he's gone. I mean, it's just a matter of when and what the what the price tag is. I mean, they're better off moving him now before he does something else. I, I can't even imagine what he's going to do next. So I would just say, you better sell him now.
2: Yeah, he's the stock that's sinking very quickly for the use of Rockets, and you're trying to just find some way to unload it. This reminds me, remember when Jimmy Butler did this with the Minnesota Timberwolves where he really didn't like the guys he was around? He went and beat – the top first strings with a bunch of third stringers in practice calling them garbage. And this is, this is essentially what Jimmy Butler did to get out of Minnesota. And and I'm, I'm with you guys. If you're the Rockets at this point, your windows closed. I don't think you were ever going to get to the finals with James Harden. I, now you've got a young coach in, you've got some other pieces like John Wall, uh, PJ Tucker, some other guys to build around. Move hard and get what you can get rid of the malcontent and let him go be someone else's problem because as talented as he is, I think we can all agree right now. He is just a problem for the Houston Rockets and for a team that probably is not going to be competing at the top of the Western conference. You don't need that problem on your hands. You need and kind of retool and refocus your organization and right now he is just going to keep you from being able to do that
1: no yeah I mean that's it I mean it's it's you got rid of Russ already you thought you could bring in John Wall and you thought that might help out but I mean at the end of the day it's just it's not what they it's it's not their conference to win I mean it's it sucks but that's the truth I mean it as long as LeBron James and Steph Curry and them like they're in the Western Conference. It's not the Rockets. It's just not you guys. It's not their turn. So it is what it is. They got to move on.
2: Yeah,
0: I All think right. the I think the way the Rockets got to go about it just literally just just get rid of Harden, take whatever you can get back. You play you play out the season with with Boogie and John Wall. Um, you know, you get somewhere through the middle of the season, you get towards that kind of trade deadline area. You decide whether you want to compete or not. And you pull the trigger on somebody else, uh, on that kind of third piece that, that you, if you think you can make a run in the playoffs, other than that, I think you just, you know, I, I, the other thing is John Wall is not exactly one to take, take too kindly to, to, any sort of disrespect. And I think he's been getting a little bit of disrespect from, from Harden here, um, in the last week. And, you know, I, I just can't see that relationship over a, a over, a, over the length of a season, um you know creating any sort of positivity or like or, or even just a i mean just a uh, an above 500 record. I just don't see it happening.
2: All right. And we'll have more on this. Uh, we'll do our NBA preview when we come back in January, so we'll dive into all the latest happenings in the NBA. If they're still playing basketball in 2 weeks cuz there's no guarantee that it's that it's going to. Uh let's see. Let's go to college football. There has been a lot to discuss since the college football playoff released its rankings on Sunday. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame are your four. Tell me if you've heard that before. Sounds oddly familiar. Shanley, I know his team is Notre Dame. They were able to get in in that four spot, but folks were not too pleased, Peyton, about how this played out. But you know what? I. I'll start on this with this uproar Peyton. I think we said this last week that this was what was going to happen good or bad, Mm -hmm. that this was the outcome that everybody needed to brace themselves for. Is it the outcome that I think any of us wanted? No, because we've seen this song and dance before. We know how this is going to play out, but uh, I'm sorry. Like who, who, who would you have put in Peyton? I'll ask you this. Who would you have put in, Instead of Ohio State or Notre Dame.
1: I mean, it's like, would you... I mean, you could put Texas A&M, but, like, they didn't win their conference. They didn't win their division in the conference. Like, they didn't dominate teams. They didn't wow me away. Like, they they got, like, it was, like, 54 to, like, 21 when they played Bama. So, I mean, what's the point? Like, you're, you're sk- kicking and screaming, like, saying you deserved it. But, like, I could tell you this, basically... I, I mean, I, it sucked like what happened in Notre Dame when they played Clemson. But the line right now is 20. And the line when they played Florida was 17, and they kept it close. Notre Dame is head and shoulders a better football team than Florida. Especially, you know, like, they don't have Kyle – well, I guess they did have Kyle Pitts at the time. But saying, like, there's no way Notre Dame isn't going to at least show up and compete. I mean, it, in Texas and M, I I just think they get boat raced. That's just what the truth is. And, like, I mean, this also showed, like, no, if you're not in the Power 5, you're never getting in. You're just never yeah. getting in. I mean, unless you win every game by 20 or more points, every game, No, there's no doubt at any point during the game that you're winning the game. That That's what has to happen. Like, it can't be close, and that's what it is. And it's like people bitch and moan about, like, the playoff system, but it's like... All right, okay, so you want to expand it. Okay, let's do it. All right, so at, like, the 16, all right, let's put, like, Coastal or someone against BAM on the first round. That's going to be a blow. It's going to be shitty football. So what's it matter if you put Notre Dame there? Like, if they Notre Dame will make it closer than Coastal Carolina, whoever the 16 seed would be in that one in 16. Like, I of course, I want a, black, a bigger tournament thing. But if you're, like, bitching about, like, this team not getting in and this team, like, whatever, like and your argument is Notre Dame's going to get, like, smacked, the team that, if you expand it, is going to get obliterated. Like, they, they won't want to play football after it. It's stupid. So it's just like, there's it's there's no perfect system, and this is what we got right now. So I think they got it right. So
2: I mean, as shitty as it is, they did get it right. And, I mean, again, you can cry and moan about Ohio State, but it's like we said last week. Everybody from the Big Ten to the college football playoff, bent over backwards to get this team in Ohio State at least qualified. So outside of them going and losing to Northwestern, which didn't happen, it came close, but didn't happen, you had to sit there and know, okay, Ohio State is in. So the tears and the crocodile tears and all this stuff, I understand where it's coming from, but Come on, guys. Be realistic. Open your eyes and see all the maneuvering that was going to happen behind the scenes to get Ohio State in. So you throw that in. Notre Dame, I can't tell you whether it was just bad luck or what in that ACC championship game with Clemson, but I mean, I can't believe Trevor Lawrence made that big of a difference between game one and game two. I just don't think Notre Dame was ready to play in that game and ready for what Clemson threw at them, but again, their only loss is a Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. You had to put them in. So again, like we said, who who do you put in Cincinnati? Let's stop the charade no. with Cincinnati. Oh, the American conference is so good. Guys, if, if they thought of it as a thought of Cincinnati and the American is such a great conference. We wouldn't they would be in the college football playoff obviously they do not look at the AAC and say that oh yeah this is a conference that deserves to get the team in because it's tough competition they just don't look at it that way but I think you're, we're getting closer and closer to this going to eight teams shanley what, <laughs> you're spinning around what are your thoughts on on this whole debacle yeah um so I'm
0: in I'm trying to remove my bias a little bit. Um, I, I, I think they, they got it right regardless. I think the decision was made prior to, you know, the games even being played last Saturday. Um, it's just kind of a matter of seeding. Um, and, you know, it, it just doesn't I, – I think the overreaction on social media about Notre Dame getting in was kind of foolish. I mean – it's it's one the the difference is is Trevor Lawrence right between the win and the loss but i mean if you look, it, it doesn't even it doesn't take too much effort to go look at the scoreboard and see that you know there's a 30 it was 37 point difference between the, the two games right Notre Dame scored 47 in the first one right if i'm not wrong um, mm-hmm. and last time i checked uh, you know Clemson wasn't sporting you know Trevor Lawrence on the de- on a defensive side of the ball this game around so you know you got to take this last weekend's result or you can take the first week's re- or the first game's result with a little the of the grain of salt um but it wasn't the same Notre Dame team that was out there and that, and, and you know t- taking a chance and putting Notre Dame in it at four and uh and you know just kind of hoping that you get the the Notre Dame offense that showed up the first time they played Clemson I think is a better is a better football game than putting uh, Texas A&M in, who I think you've watched for the last two or three weeks play, you know, the LSU's of the world and such. Given LSU beat Florida, um, but Florida didn't play well that game either, and, and they didn't really, you know, they didn't. It was nasty weather, and they, and it and it was it was a the game was never in you know in jeopardy, but it wasn't a blowout either. It was just kind of like. Mm -hmm. it just didn't didn't wow me in any way so at that point i was like i don't know if this is really even the number five team in the country um and without that sec without even competing for an sec title you just can't stick them in there uh i would have rather have seen you know if florida hadn't lost to lsu i think florida would have had a better resume with two losses if they lost, if they lost Alabama in the SEC championship by seven, like they did, or by six, whatever it was, yeah. I think Florida would have looked better in that number four spot to go and play Alabama again, and get that rematch, you know, in two weeks, um, and see if they can get get over that hump, that six point hump or whatever. But um, I think, you know, in my in my rough estimation, I, I watched a lot of college football. Uh, and I know how much different, you know, the difference that a, a you know quarterback of Trevor Lawrence's or Yahweh Godson, as we call him in our group chat, yes, um, yes. whatever his uh, his difference is on a game, is is now a little bit more than I thought. But I I know, you know, it's not it's not a thirty it's not a thirty point difference. And uh, and I you know with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, I think Clemson, if they were to face off with Alabama, is probably. A, it's not going to look like that in Vegas, but it, I think Clemson is a five and a half point favorite over Alabama um, with a with with Trevor Lawrence and with a fully healthy you know team versus team. Uh, so I, I think the the result of this Alabama Notre Dame game would be a lot more uh, competitive uh, than the game you just watched with Clemson versus Notre Dame. And I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's a lot of ifs. But, I mean, if you watch the first three drives of that Notre Dame-Clemson game last week, it was, it was you know, utter domination from Notre Dame yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. It was a, you know, a play here and a play there from getting in the end zone, a missed field goal. Um, you know, they took their first three drives inside of the, the 15. So, it's, you know, it, it, you, don't, you get inside the 15 on the first three drives, you come away with three points total. And then, before you know it, Trevor Lawrence is slinging the ball all over the yard it's a little the you know that that'll that'll make any offense kind of go you know oh shit you know we're really we kind of shot ourselves in the foot there and that you know when you get to that point the game is over already so yeah. um, i think you get a better effort out of Notre Dame versus Alabama and i think Alabama is a little bit more i wouldn't call Alabama one dimensional but i don't think they have as many playmakers as Clemson does and the ability to you know i don't think mag Jones yeah. does the same as, as Trevor Lawrence so yeah that's that's my try-to-be-non-biased view on it.
1: No, I, I think that's pretty honest. I mean, I think, like, the other thing that people overlooked is, like, oh. Skalski, like, the linebacker for Clemson. He didn't play the first game. And, I mean, if you watch Clemson on defense, I mean, he's – when they talk like he's calling the defense, like, he's literally Brent Venable but on the field. Like, he's literally standing there tell, pushing people where to go, like, telling everyone where to get. Like, he is so important to the defense, and it – you can tell in games where he's missed, that's where they Clemson looks a little more suspect. Like, the Boston College game, he was hurt for most of the game. Like, they started to fall apart. Like, then it's funny because the backup is Brent Reddable's actual son, and he literally can't call the goddamn defense. So, he's, <laughs> like, pretty, like, going home, his dad probably just, like, looks at him like, God, I wish you were someone else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything he said. Like, Notre Dame, I mean, a... They went down there three times, and I thought they were going to go at least get some sort of points. And I'll tell you, like, I think part of it, like, Brian Kelly wanted – I think they went for fourth and one at one point and after the missed field goal, and I get it. Would he have taken it back? Probably not. I just think, like, the play calling needs to be a little crisper, especially uh, for Tommy Reese. But I think they tried to get – they got in their own, own heads when they got down. At that point, it was – Trevor just kind of went off, and that's what it was. But I I think everything – I think all these games will be relatively close. I am actually very skeptical after watching Justin Fields. I know he's hurt or whatever, but – and Northwestern, I think, is a lot better than people thought. But, I mean, I don't know how Clemson doesn't dominate them. Like, if Justin Fields or that defense play anything like that, or if Olave's out again for that game, like – I mean, I don't know how Clemson doesn't boat race them. I don't know. They what's, the,
0: what's the spread in that game?
1: Seven and a half. I bought Ohio State at nine when it opened. But, I mean,
0: I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: It's just I a tough... Clef-
0: I think Clemson's seven points better than Ohio State.
1: I do, too. Especially because you got to take it into a fact is, like, the whole point is, like, they did, I know people keep talking about, they only played six games. That does factor because Clemson has played a full schedule of football, like they've literally played all these games, and Ohio State has had people in, out, in, out. Like there's no flow in any of their offense, defense, anything like that. So, I mean, I like I like the Clemson line. So,
2: before we move on and talk NFL, Peyton brought up something that we didn't get to last week when we were talking about coaching, coaching moves, and discussing Auburn, which by the way hired. Boise State's head coach to be their new head coach.
1: Out of oh, fucking left field. I mean, like, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know what to say to that.
2: I like I like what um, Arizona did getting uh, Fish, the quarterback coach for the Patriots that worked at uh, UCLA for a couple years. I hear really good things about him, so I think that's a good move. But you brought up an interesting name, Peyton, when we discuss this off air and it what? happens to revolve around the U.
1: The U. Mr.
2: Manny Diaz. Oh, yeah. So it got us thinking, Peyton, what's another school that you think may want to consider making a coaching move here?
1: I mean, I've thought I've the, during this whole season, I thought, that James Franklin's going like 0 and 5 to start, and then like some allegations coming out that kids were bullied and like he didn't do anything about it, and you know, all the PC culture shit. Like, I thought he was toast. I just thought he was going to get fired right there on the spot. Um, I that would that would have been my guess. Like, I, I it's not going to happen just because I think they love him and everything about him, but I don't, I at some point it gets to like a this whole thing and like Harbaugh about the same way. Like what more is he there for? If he's just not going to like win you games, like what it, like they can't, if they're not going to recruit and get the right guys in there, like what are they doing there? Like, what are you trying to do? You're just trying to have like a coach there forever, like 10 year thing, like just whatever, like roll it out. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that James Franklin's ever going to win a big 10 championship. I'm just confident saying that like, like from here on out, like, with Ryan Day and Ohio State dominating, and then, like, I just think Michigan eventually will get back on track. Wisconsin, whenever they have a normal year, like, all of these teams, I just think, are going to end up being better than Penn State. Because I don't think he's – he makes terrible decisions, especially – I'll never forget. I think it – I don't know what it was, but it was, like, fourth and nine against Ohio State, and he ran a draw. Or maybe it was Michigan, whoever it was. And, like, shit like that. Like, that, that's how you get fired at, like – Normally, but for whatever reason, they love him. So James Franklin would be mine. I don't know what, what the positive of keeping him around is.
2: I think James Franklin's the easy one. I think you could also have a conversation about Clay Helton at USC, but, they, just, but they're, but they're winning. So it's like, yeah, I, know, I, like, I mean, I, I their, get...
1: their standard isn't what Reggie Bush and them is anymore. That, that came down so long ago, like what he's doing is about the standard, and I don't know who could take them out of that at all. I just have no idea.
2: I mean, like USC's the top one that comes to mind. I thought I really thought for a while Chip Kelly this was going to be his last year at UCLA, but again, in kind of an abbreviated season, I thought UCLA was better than at least I expected them to be. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard. I, I think Texas was probably the one that I'm probably the most shocked at didn't make a move because it just kind of felt like.
1: Damn, that I didn't hate, I've hated on Tom Herman every fucking week. And I didn't say Tom Herman.
2: I it's
1: because they said he was staying. God should have said that.
2: I think that's, I think that's probably the one. Texas is probably yeah. the one that probably needed to, because yeah. again, you're Texas and he's being out recruited in the state by the other colleges. In Texas and that's that's The big no no when you're a top program You need to be the top recruiting in the State and right now he is well, Texas Who would, you, Tech ra- who is would you
1: rather play for Tom Herman or Jimbo Fisher
2: Well again it's Easy for me I'm going Jimbo Fisher Any day of the week but probably even gonna, yeah. Texas Tech was beating him in recruiting That's, like, that's the sort of that's, stuff That's, that's, that's the depressing. stuff that makes you want to get Makes you want to move on from a guy Like the perfect example is Mike Loxley in Maryland Yeah they're not winning on the field but he is starting to really land some top notch recruits, and these aren't like yeah. your two, three stars. He's landing some four stars and taking them from the Alabamas and the Ohio State. Like that program's going to get better. I don't see Texas getting any better. Shanley, what, hop in here. What do you think? Who should be which school? Yeah. excuse me. Should make a move.
0: Yeah. So my my initial thought was the Texas thing. Obviously, um, yeah, there'd been rumblings around about the whole about Urban Meyer um going there you know everything was pretty much hashed out and uh and i guess i don't, I don't know maybe the rumors are wrong or or fell apart and, and you know urban decided uh to be take cautious side with his with his health or whatever but um you know you touched on texas so i'll go somewhere else i'll i'll, I'll go to michigan um yeah i i obviously I had a bit of affinity for Michigan just for the last couple of years with my high school coach had been working there and leading the recruiting aspect of it for the last, you know, five or six years before going to Ole Miss uh, this past year. Um, so, yeah. I you know, I, I think you took, you saw. I was like, wondering I how think much he, I longer think just, your
1: fandom was going to uh, last.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's not really like, it's tough to be like to root for Michigan while also being a Notre Dame fan. So it's kind of really just more of a, you know, family type deal. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know how much, I mean the Michigan fan base is gotta be top five. If not, you know, top 10, maybe, maybe top five in in the country, as far as passionate, you know, football people, you know, these are, you know, these are, these guys are freaks. You know, they still, you're filling up 110,000 people in the stadium every week, regardless of the, uh, of the opponent.
2: Um,
0: and, and to just to be putting out the, the kind of seasons that Michigan, Michigan has in the last couple of years and not being able to finish anything, you know, never really winning a big game, a la Notre Dame, uh, is, is kind of, you know, it's disappointing for, for a name as big as, as Harbaugh. Um, so, I mean, obviously the, the buyout and, and the money aspect of it is, is, is crazy, and I don't even know if they can afford it. But, I mean, I mean I'm sure they can afford it, but still, you don't want to do that. I mean, you just saw yesterday Don Don Brown parted ways with Michigan, which is a huge deal. Um, You know, one of the like you know forefathers of of defensive coordinating um, in the country. So I mean, you don't think of defensive coordinators, I think of Don Brown. So him leaving is a a big deal. Kind of gives you an idea of where that program's headed.
1: I thought Uh, that was weird. Yeah.
0: So um, yeah, I just don't think I don't think they have anything you know coming down the pipe in the next couple of years to really turn that program around. I don't, I, I don't think Harbaugh is a guy. I think I think Harbaugh has got a bit of a, a bit of an NFL mindset for the, the college game, um, which is not, you know, it's completely, it's two completely different, different ways of coaching. Um, but that's, that's my thought.
2: All right, let's dive into a bunch of NFL topics. Let's start with the first question going with the Saints. Who looked better than expected against the Kansas City Chiefs? Drew Brees didn't look like himself. Um, what What do you take away from from Drew Brees and and Shanley, I'll start with you. Should in your eyes, should Drew Brees have played on Sunday?
0: Yeah, you know, I think I think Drew Brees is you know Drew Brees take you know makes it, makes
2: uh, calls the shots.
0: So you know you know Sean Payton's the head coach over there. Um, but Drew Brees is, is, you know, his right-hand man. So, um, I think Drew Brees decides when he wants to play football, if he's capable of playing football. And and last week was just a bit of a a slow start for a guy coming off of a, you know, you know, double digit broken ribs and, uh, you know, just trying to trying to get back into the, it's, it's not easy to be a guy like Drew Brees and like you watch your team. Uh, you know, for two, to- two two years in a row now, he's been injured a couple for a couple games, and the team hasn't lost a game without him. So you know, as far as like the the mental psyche of that, it's not easy for for a guy to be like, all right, well, this team, I'm supposed to, I'm the face of this team, but this team, you know, keeps winning without me. So, um, did he force himself back in a little prematurely? Probably, um, and it, it took a little while for him to get his feet back underneath him. But I think, you know. That game's not a three-point game if if Drew Brees isn't playing in it. When it comes down to it, um, you know it, it probably would have took off at, at some point on them. Um, and, and and you still get to see at the end of the game, uh, you know, and chasing down ten points. Nobody, there's very few people in the league who can who can drive a team a football team down the field. You know, Sons, Michael Michael Thomas, and and a couple of big names um, like Drew Brees can. I mean, who caught that? Who caught that touchdown and/or the last two catches in that drive? Like Lil, Lil Jordan Humphrey, I think was, was the guy who caught the touchdown with a, two of the last three catches, you know, to make up about 40 yards on that last drive when chasing down some points. Um, you know, nobody. Regardless of him being 40 years old and, and coming off of you know multiple rib fractures, I don't know if there's many guys in the sport that can that can do that or the history of the sport. So I think you just let Drew Brees do what he does. If he wants to play, he plays. It's just, that's just what it is. You yeah, know, Taysom Hill is not making that drive.
1: Yeah. I felt,
0: like,
1: I felt like a dick because I was criticizing Drew Brees and then I watched Ben Roethlisberger on Monday and I go, yeah, <laughs> feels, this feels about right. I mean, it it's just right on, right on time, isn't it?
2: <laughs> but, yeah, well, first off, when I look at, like, Ben Roethlisberger and I look at Drew Brees, I really do think that this is, at least for Drew, this is probably his last hurrah. I, I don't see him, after everything he's gone through, wanting to come back and do this another year. But I don't know. Kind of like Shanley, it, like, Drew Brees, if he says he's healthy, even if he's not 100%, you're going to put Drew Brees out on the field. And I think you you got everything you were probably going to get out of Taysom Hill. I, I think you've seen what he can be, which is serviceable, but I don't know if he's franchise quarterback level worthy. So, I, I mean, a banged-up Drew Brees to me is still better than a full full fully healthy Taysom Hill in that offense because there are throws that he made that Taysom Hill just would not be able to make. And people are going to say, oh, you're railing. You don't like Taysom. No, it's just it's the truth. When you watch Taysom Hill throw football, it isn't exactly the best thing in the world to see. Peyton, am I wrong?
1: No, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has almost every statistical lead in NFL history. Like whether he's getting older or whatever, like he's still going to throw a better spiral than Taysom Hill. I'm positive of it. But it's it comes down to like you just weren't you just I was never impressed like when he played like the Atlanta game like they looked like they they dominated the whole game but I mean it ended up being a little close they played the quarterback <laughs> quarterback list Broncos like played the Eagles lost like there was just nothing impressive about it so I mean you're better off with the guy who's been all pro and taking you a Super Bowl a time or two so I mean they'll, they'll roll with Drew Brees as long as his ribs hang up but I mean, did you did you see Dave the graphic they put up of like what he was wearing, like his yeah. protection? That a looked like jacket. I think I could go in my closet of my parents' house I'm at right now and find the thing I wore like in middle school, and that looks like about the same thing.
2: Oh yeah, where you had like the absolutely. pads on the on top of the shoulder, on the rib cage, and yeah. down along the head. It, yep. look,
1: it looked like there's no shot that's going to protect eleven
0: rib fractures. No, 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 no shot. Absolutely
2: not. I mean, the last thing I want to
0: mention about this is, like, I mean, Taysom, Taysom Hill played well, you know, for the, for the time that he's in there. He's extremely effective with his legs, and he's just a tough bastard altogether. And he could throw it, you know. He, I think he went over 200 yards twice, or maybe hey, close to 250 twice. But, I mean, the other thing you got to understand is, like, if you're watching this game and you're going eye test, like, you're seeing the difference in, in your bet. the best player on the Saints is Alvin Kamara. Yes, right. The best healthy player on the Saints is Alvin Kamara. Absolutely, you, you can see the difference in Alvin Kamara's stat line and Alvin Kamara's impact on a game when Drew Brees is playing versus when Taysom Hill is playing. There's just not, you know, it just comes down to the fact that like Taysom Hill needs his touches and Alvin Kamara needs his touches, and, and you know, Alvin Kamara with Drew Brees in the game their run game is not only their run game, it's their swing, it's their swing routes. It's the quick bubbles. You know, it's everything that Drew Brees can do to get Alvin Kamara, the ball on the outside really fast, um, which is where he excels and Taysom can't get that done. You know, it's more of an, an emphasis on, on Taysom's legs. So, um, it's just a little bit less, you know, a little bit more one dimensional when Taysom's in the game and, you know, you get a lot more of, uh, of Latavius Murray, which is fine, but you know Latavius Murray is no Alvin Kamara, and he can't, you know, and Alvin Kamara is getting thirty touches a game. It's a lot different than when than when Latavius Murray you know, is getting twenty five touches, uh, ISO up the middle. You know, it's just uh, it's just a different football team. Yeah,
2: I want I want to talk about this team that I didn't think we would ever talk about and say this uh, on this podcast this year. The Jets have a win.
1: Bunch of fucking now, morons. Bunch of now, <laughs> that. You got to be the dumbest. I'm surprised Adam Gase didn't get fired on Monday. Like,
2: it's well, now, I mean, now it, now you have to. I think you pose a question. What What do you do with Sam Darnold? Because unless the Jaguars miraculously win a game, which they do play the Bears, so I'm not ruling it out, and the Colts, I'm not ruling that out either. But what do you do? Because you're out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And let's be totally honest, the three of us can probably agree, behind Trevor Lawrence, there's no sure thing that you're going, yep, okay, we miss out on Trevor Lawrence, but we get this guy. It's not like last year where you had Tua and Herbert sitting there. Justin Fields is good, but you got to see if he can translate his game to a pro level. And then it's, what, Matt, uh, Kyle Trask, Zach Wilson, um, Trey Lance, I mean, these are all guys that come with question marks. So, what do you do with Sam Darnold, Shanley, if you're the Jets?
0: Yeah, so I, I you know, I think, I think you just got to stick with your original plan, right? Original plan is to get rid of Sam, try to get you know a third or something like that. You know, something where you can where you can build, um, you can build a, at a at a skill position like a wide receiver or something with a, you know, not a Devonta Smith, but like a mid tier, you know. Receiver that you feel pretty comfortable with, you know, somebody that can that can come out and make some plays and just try to try to get lucky with a third or fourth rounder um, that you can get from from Sam. But I think I think the main aspect of the Jets, you know, debacle is now you gotta, um, you're not in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes unless the Jags lose uh, or the Jags win. Sorry, um, I I think you I think you I think you pass up uh, Field. So I, I think the Jets' best option would be to trade back, try to get into those low double-digit draft spots, um, try to get a little bit more draft capital either at the back end of the first or, or the second um, for, your first round, for your second pick. And you try to grab Zach Wilson with that first pick and, and somewhere in that you know, 9 to, to 14 range, you already have another pick in the 20s uh, or mid-20s uh, where you can go either, you know, offensive line and try to and try to surround him with, with with some talented O line, or you can even go to your running back and try to see if you can, you know, snatch up Travis Etienne or something like that in the in the early twenties. Because I don't I don't think that he has uh, this class really has anybody of the Ezekiel Elliott kind of top five draft pick at running back kind of uh, kind of pedigree. But I think you can probably snag Etienne. Um, at the back end of the first, uh, without much of an issue. Uh, I could be wrong. Who knows? But I don't think there's a whole lot of running back need at the yeah. very top of the draft. Um, so I, that's what I would do if I was the Jets. Uh, I don't, I'm not. I I really like Fields at, at the beginning of the year. I'm just not. I've seen the Jets miss too much. Yeah. Um, and I and I think I I think using a using a two uh, second pick overall on a guy like fields um, who's got the same kind of game to me as like, I don't know. Like I I think he's better than like a Kaepernick. um, But I think it's, I think it's similar. I don't, I don't think he'll excel in the pocket um, the way that he'll need to. And I, and I think there's, there's ways to make the rest of the jets roster better um, by trading back and still getting a guy like, like Zach Wilson, who, who, you know, at his ceiling could be a, a, a do, you know a Dollar Tree version of Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah, and, or could be Alex Smith. Yeah, an athletic, an a, a really athletic uh, kid with a a ton of arm talent. Um, you know, really, really good. You know, with his legs for what it has to be. Uh, he, he reminds me. He he runs around like like uh, like Kyler Murray does. But he's six three and you know, he just he just whips the ball. You know how Kyler Murray will ru- like will run out of the pocket, right? And just like he'll look like he's running out of bounds and he'll just flick a ball down the field and it goes fifty five yards. Yeah. Like that that's the kind of arm talent you're looking at with Zach Wilson. Um, and you know, he's coming out of BYU, the, the question would be just uh, you know, strength the schedule on the guys he's played and you know, you're putting up numbers against, you know, J V JV SEC teams or you know what you know what's his talent actually going to be uh, but I think that's an, I think that's a, a chance you take at this point I think Adam Gase is full-blown ruined Sam Darnold uh, you yeah, know at least on this roster and I think you're you're taking a chance if you you go into with a new coach and you're teaching a you know uh, a third-year quarterback his his fourth almost fourth offense so yeah. um, it's just it, it's not worth it I would just I would start fresh so you can get from Sam um, from a team like the Steelers or a team like the, you know, not the Eagles anymore. If you look at the Eagles would be, you know, rolling with, with, with Jalen for a little while. Um, but there are teams that need, that, that have a needed quarterback, um, or will have a needed quarterback in the next couple of years that I think will be pretty interested in Sam Darnold.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with all that. I mean, it's like fields it, like so high on them in the beginning of the year. You can see how he struggles to hit anything outside the hash. Like, it's just things like he misses on that it hasn't taken a step since last year. And then I think, like, your point about ETN, like, you could definitely, like, snag him. He'd be a steal. I think it really will become what does he do in the college football playoffs? Like, if he leaves, your last memory of him is rushing for 100 yards and then getting another 50 receiving. Like... He could be very high, get, like climb the draft stock. No idea what the combine is going to look like if they're even going to have that. I mean, it's already pretty socially distant, but can, can he even do anything there? Like he came back to show if he could be a better receiver. I don't think he did that. I think he just showed he's just a playmaker, which you already knew. Um, yeah, I mean, I want Zach Wilson on the Steelers, but there's – Probably about a negative chance that we're going to trade up for that guy or have the ability to. So, uh, yeah, I mean, anyone who gets them, I think that'll be a steal. I mean, anyone who I don't care where you are, who their career averages completion percentage is 70 percent of more than five yards per pass pass attempt. Yeah, I'm going to take that guy every time. So
2: I don't know. I I think the Jets keep them. I don't know if it's long-term, but I kind of think that I think they keep him one more year. Do you think
1: Adam Gase is there?
2: No, I definitely, definitely do not think that Adam Gase is back. And I, I think Darnold gets one more year unless a team comes home and say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll give you this, and, and it's just too good of an offer to pass up. But, I mean, again – Zach Wilson, nice, but there's questions about him, just like we were just talking about. There's so many questions about these quarterbacks behind Trevor Lawrence that now if you're the Jets, I'm like Shanley. I think you trade back, you load up on draft picks, you go one more year with Darnold, and see new regime, some new weapons outside of Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman, and see what happens. And, And then you can have that conversation at the end of next year because you don't have to pick his option up. You can just let him walk, or you can try to trade him mid-year if you're just like, this isn't working, we need to move on from him. But I kind of think they're into a corner now where I think they're going to keep Sam Darnold because, again, Peyton, we had Ben Albright only told us he's very well thought of around the league, so I got a feeling that the Jets are going to start to hear that and say, you know what, maybe we should just hang on to him for another year and see if we can finally get him to be what everyone else is telling us this kid can be yeah, yeah. i mean
1: ben sure. albright basically I mean, said that like they ba- basically was telling us that everyone knows adam gase is just a dickhead and this kid yeah. can play football that's literally what he was saying well,
0: like, I, mean, knows. He, I mean you see I mean, Sam Darnold has got as much talent as anybody else in the league as far as arm talent you know yeah he, he understands the game but i mean you're looking at the, the thing that every, when everybody drafted Sam Darnold like, all right, you know, maybe he'll grow up in the NFL. he will be getting the right system and he won't turn the ball over as much. Because, I mean, even at USC, he turned the ball over a lot. Right? It, it, you know, the turnover rate was high. And that was everybody's and It just hasn't really subsided yet. Um, but I think I'll pose this question to you. If you're going to keep Sam Darnold, uh, I don't know how far you trade back. I wouldn't go further. I wouldn't go further than your ability to trade to, to draft Devonta Smith.
2: I wouldn't go past top fifteen, well, that would be. I do I don't, like, I don't think Devonte Smith is going to make it to Devonte make it Smith.
0: Six Devonte Smith. So if you're the Jets, do you trade out of two to like a five or a six or something, and then try if you if you decided, okay, I'm going, I'm I'm riding with with Sam. Do you go and like, all right, let's here's the last ditch effort here. Let's get the best player. Let's get the, let's get the best player in college football, you know, not named Trevor Lawrence right here, and, and see if it makes a difference. Because I think I, I think a team I think a team with Denzel Mims and Devontae Smith on the outside on you know a, a, a side on each side of the field, I think that could be pretty dangerous. Yeah, I mean now I'm,
2: I'm I'm looking at the first round right now as it stands. After the Jets, it's the Bengals at three, Carolina at four, Atlanta at five. Miami's six because they have the Texans draft pick. The Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. Chargers, Giants are your top ten. Then you have the Lions, Niners, Broncos, Vikings, and Patriots. I mean, maybe Atlanta, but I don't know if Atlanta has – Atlanta. better get Smith yeah. before, the, before the Dolphins count.
1: Yeah, I was just to say the Dolphins – so you're Dolphins probably to six. me you're looking Dolphins at five. Dolphins
0: six to take a take a chance on Devonta Smith and re, and, and putting him back in there with Tua. There's no yeah. way they pass that up if Devonta Smith makes it there.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean the guy opened in some books today as the favorite to win the Heisman, and people aren't even talking about it. It's it's absurd.
2: So it more more than likely off of that conversation, it's probably either Carolina or Atlanta that you're moving back with and. In, uh, in, Carolina might even take them. To be totally honest, like if you at the Carolina, them, they I think you got
0: if, if you're the Jets, I think you got to target the guy. You got to target the team that has the needed offensive line that wants Penny Sewell, Sh- right? Oh,
2: yeah.
0: And you go okay. So the Bengals, the Bengals are going to draft Penny Sewell if he gets them at three, right? Yeah. So yeah you it's... find a team like you find a team like Carol. Some of these teams that have skill players that don't exactly need skill players. But could uh, could benefit from an offensive line or something like that. And you go, okay, hey, you know, you really want this this you know game changing offensive lineman? Take two, give us next year's first, or you know, or or some sort of some sort of you know conglomerate of of, of late first or second rounders and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we'll take we'll take five off your hands, and you can come up to two, and we'll end up draft and we'll draft Devonta Smith at five. Um, mm. but I think you got you got to try to target whoever needs that offensive line help. Uh, which I don't know if I don't know if they've come out with like with needs yet for some of these teams, um, and who has needed offensive line. But Penny Sewell is, is going off the board in the top, you know, before yeah, he's three top five. If, yeah, if if it gets to the Bengals, that's who the I mean, the the Bengals are printing printing jerseys with Sewell's name on them right now. So. Yeah.
2: All right, uh, we, we've held it off long enough, Peyton. We've gone 50 minutes into this pod. We have to talk about your team. We, we just have to. It, uh, embarrassing, disappointing. Uh, I mean, it, uh, let me ask this question. It, do you think Ben Roethlisberger is done? Because he is making a very strong case with his play on the field that that's a possibility.
1: Um, What do you mean done? Like,
2: Like, is this his last year?
1: No. Because he already said he wasn't going to stop, which that is kind of like, you want to take a moment and, like, think about that? Like, do you want to feel it out? Because it becomes this thing is, like, I don't even blame Ben Ross for playing like shit on Monday. We've asked the guy over the last three weeks to throw it over, I think, 90 times. Overall, in like three weeks, two weeks, whatever it was, he threw like 50 times against Washington. He threw like 50 times against like the rate. Like, it's just ridiculous. It was becoming worse and worse. And I I mean, he just had elbow surgery. Like, we have no offensive identity. It's like, think about this. We talked about the Ravens, right, last week. They didn't want to do the whole Lamar running around thing, right? They didn't want him to take out of the pocket. They just wanted to sit there and throw it because, you know, make him something that he wasn't going to be able to do, right? They made an adjustment and just said, fuck it. Do what you did last year. Just go make plays, right? We haven't made an adjustment in our offense in since probably week one. We're running the same offense, same plays, everything. So my my problem is – we don't establish a run. Play action fakes are there's there's no there's no play action, there's nothing to bite on. Linebackers are literally just sitting and dropping right away. They're not even respecting the run because they're not trying. The O line's banged up. I get all the injuries and stuff like that. My problem is when we're when we're down, right, and we're in these situations, like the Bengals, why are we coming out in the like the first play is like a screen to the left? Like why? Why don't you just fucking run it? Why don't you just try to run the goddamn football against a team who can't stop the run all year against anybody? Like, Why don't you try that? Why don't you just start trying to do that? Like establish something so people can look at film and be like, well, they did actually run the ball a lot better here and there. Like it's insane. And I I blamed Randy Figner a lot because I think he'll get fired. I really do think he'll get fired in the offseason. Mike Tomlin, I think, is done with him. But then I look at, like, Matt Canada, who is also contributing to play calls. And I wonder, why did we bring in a guy who was at Maryland who went, like, two and, like, 20-something, and, like, we brought that guy, and that was, like, the savior we needed to help this offense. Like, his play calling stinks. Randy Fichtner, he stinks. Everything about this offense right now is abysmal, And I don't even blame the defense because they can only do so much when you're literally starting your opponent. In your own territory, every time they score, like literally every time they every time they scored, bless you, they started in our territory. I I don't know. I don't know what else to say.
2: Shanley, you want you want to bag a little bit on Peyton Steelers here?
0: Yeah, sure. I'll bag I'll bag on them a little bit. I mean Peyton knows. I mean, I, I mean.
2: There's no fighting I, I, it. You
0: can't even fight no, this shit. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to really, like, bag on him for. I mean, his team is bad. So, I mean, it, it doesn't make, even make sense. The drop-off came at, like, such a weird time for me. Because, yeah, there was injuries. Right. But, I mean, it, it, the, the defense is not, like, these teams are not running away from the Steelers as far as as, as points go. Yeah. So I mean, the, where the drop off has come for me in the last couple weeks is like the offense is just, is anemic. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, everybody in the everybody in the in the league has gotten the memo that anything third and under seven, here comes the crossing route. So either drop an end, under, drop an not end, even or close to the team. fucking sticks. It's yeah. not even close. Well, I mean, the thing is, it worked. It, it worked for the first half of the season. Thing is, nobody had figured it out until the Ravens. The Ravens showed everybody that they could stop it. Yeah. So The Ravens played a close game with, with the Steelers with the fucking RG three and Trace McSorley. So, um, you know, it was everybody knew it was coming. I was it was driving me mad for for half the season watching it. How every time you know, because I was I was fading the Steelers almost the whole season. There was a lot of times where I was like, I don't know how they, how they're you know I was betting against him and losing, and I was just—it was painful to watch them just get into these third and seven situations and just drop a fucking crossing route off to, to Claypool, Johnson, or uh, Schuster, and you know turn it into eleven every time. It's really not hard to stop. It would just drop, and you've seen this—you've seen it. All these teams just start dropping ends on them, getting hands up quick. They know that the quick game's coming. Just they don't even—they don't even rush the passer anymore. There's no reason to even try to get the them. Mm-hmm. Just, just you know, just put your hands on the on the O line and keep your hands free. Wait for him to 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 let it go and throw your hands up and the you, and you're coming up with with tip picks all all day long for the last couple of weeks. Um, and the only thing I need to say about Peyton is, is that the Cowboys beat the Bengals thirty to seven two weeks ago.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and that was a, a, a and you just lost to the Bengals by like two or three touchdowns. So, yeah. Yep.
2: Uh, and so. Ryan and Ryan Finley finger rolled in the end zone too. Like yeah. the ultimate like...
0: like you let a guy who smiles for a living, literally smiles for a living at the bottom yep. of pockets. And <laughs> while he's getting while he's getting crunched by, by by three all pros uh, running up in the pocket, literally smiling and grimacing at the same time, you let that guy finger roll you in, in the end zone.
1: Yeah, uh, I, mean, I
0: don't and mean he looked like
1: Jackson. They the only way that I could like get my faith restored that we're not gonna lose it's gonna isn't it like we're in the playoffs that's like the saddest shit about this. It's like you know we've been diagnosed with like this terrible disease and like we're just waiting waiting for that day waiting to be kicked
0: out and de- just dead I mean it's just sad I mean I, just I don't, don't know what the difference is between you winning 11 games in a row and now you're losing three in a row, and it's about to be five in a row. Like, there's, no, there's no true difference in the offense and the way you're running it aside from just like a little bit of creativity. It doesn't make sense.
1: I just think it's like there's no there's no play action. There's no respect for the run. They know what's happening. So it's Connor like
0: Connor is awful.
1: Awful. 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 Benny Snell, I want to be great, and I think he's better. But it's like, then, right when Benny Snow busts one for like 10 yards, we get Anthony McFarlane's dumbass from Maryland coming in there because Matt Canada loves him. God, oh, they, it's just, it's so visible. And then, you know, we got, I, I actually think this is something very underrated that no one wants to talk about. And I, I, I think, I you know, like Villanueva, I think might be one of the worst starting tackles in all football like genuinely think he might be one of the worst football like tackles in all of the nfl like i think pro football focus is a bunch of bullshit but i'm sure his is probably last out of 100 whatever it is like it, it it's a like every week i watch him back pedal like a defensive back and then fall on his ass like he's slipping on ice every week and this week against the Colts, he is going to get absolutely dominated. Like they're going to blitz his side every single time. And it's going to be so bad to see. I don't know. The, they need to win out in a, and they need to win like in a convincing fashion, at least one of them for me to have any faith.
2: Hey, any as, a Raven, faith. as a Raven fan, we'll, we'll take, the Steelers winning one of those Don't two you games. Need,
1: here, here's my question to you. I was having this argument with buddy about this at the Ravens. Don't you really kind of need us to help like win games here? We only we need one.
2: Yeah, I know you need the need Dolphins one. to lose. No, no I, it can be any one of the three. Any one of the three. The Browns, Colts, or Dolphins can lose one game, and the Ravens win out, and the Ravens will be in because they own the head-to-head over the Colts and the Browns. So essentially, like as Raven fans, we're all sitting here going, oh, my God, we got to root for the Steelers because it realistically is the best chance to get into the playoffs is the Steelers winning one of those two games, putting them down, and we have the head-to-head so we go in over the Colts or the Browns. As crazy as that is.
1: So you could get in – wouldn't you just take the Dolphins' spot in theory? Isn't that really what the, the most likely case is?
2: The Dolphins would move up, and then we the Ravens would slide in, and whoever lost would fall out. So the Dolphins would probably go to the sixth seed, and the Ravens would probably go to the seventh seed. But because of having the two head-to-heads, they'd be in, and the Browns or Colts would be on the outside looking in. So... Let's pick a couple of these big week 16 games. What do you guys say? Let's start with Peyton Steelers against the Colts Sunday afternoon in Heinz Field. Shamley, how much do you think the Colts win by? Because I know you're not picking the Steelers. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to pick the Steelers.
2: Um, but I, I'm
0: not, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it, there's, no dif- there's no real difference on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I'm just kind of waiting for that other foot to drop with 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 the Steelers, you know, coming back and 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 playing some playing some offensive football like like they know how to. Um, I think I'm going to take the the Steelers and the points. Uh, to be totally honest with you, I I just don't um, I I just don't I don't see them falling too far behind. And, and that offense is just way too volatile to to try to fade. And, and coming off the three losses, I think a lot of the a lot of the money and a lot of the public is going to be looking at, at, at a, hot, a hot Colts team to just kind of you know kick, kick the balls in um, yeah. for the Steelers. So I'm going to roll with the Steelers plus the points.
2: I'm going to take the Steelers. As crazy as it is, I think the Steelers beat the Colts. I think that the, eventually this Steeler team will figure it out, whether Mike Tomlin gets it organized or – the play on the field is just better. The Colts, the Colts are decent, but I'm not so sold on them yet. I know we picked them last week as the most dangerous, but again, they let the Texans drive right down the field at the end of the game. And if it wasn't for Kiki QT getting blindsided, that game might be an overtime and they might lose. So as good as probably the, Colts, be
0: the difference in my fantasy league, because I had QT.
2: <laughs> but, I, I think the Steelers win. I, I really do, because I think that now their backs are against the wall. I think you get a little complacent when you start 11-0. and 0, You're feeling good about yourself. Then you lose a couple, and eventually you have that get-right game where you're like, okay, we're locked back in. And if you're the Steelers, I think this is the the Colt game works out well in that being the game that the Steelers can get right in to set up what's going to be a big Week 17 game with the Browns.
1: Uh. I'm never scared of the Browns. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to bet my team, but I mean, I don't know. I my expectations are just becoming less and less likely. So, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it something's got to change. I got to see something different. Also, the other thing I did forget to mention, I I can't even fathom how like whenever they get down and they need to like switch stuff up, they try to do all these adjustments on offense in the middle of the game. Why would Chase Claypool's like um play like his play count? Why does that drop? I can't get that to like correlate in my mind. Like why Chase Claypool, the guy who really d- doesn't ben can't
0: push it. They're not pushing the ball past 20 yards down the field anymore. I get that. Do you don't need him like have him run a like a different route? Like I mean,
1: shit. Have him run the ones Deontay Johnson's running. I bet you'll catch him. And have Deontay Johnson run deep, and we'll figure it out from there. Well, whatever.
2: Let's, Let's move talk on. about Rams Seahawks. The Sunday afternoon game. Who do we like in that one, Shanley?
0: Rams Seahawks. Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah. How, how, do you, how do you even like? How do you even think about the Rams coming off of that loss? Everyone wants to say like comeback game, right? like oh you just lost to the Owen oh, however many games Jeff you know it's fucking embarrassing like you know pull yourself together Sean McVay. you fucking disaster of a human um but uh, I don't know like I am still I'm still high on the Seahawks offense and I think their defense has been coming to play for the, almost the second half of the season um they've been a lot more stout against the pass um and that's pretty much exactly what what the Ravens? Well, the Ravens, what the Rams thrive on. Um, I'm gonna roll. What, what's the spread in that game? Pick them. Pick them. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Seahawks, and I think the Seahawks, the Seahawks will probably uh, by the time game time comes around. I think the Seahawks will probably be about two point, maybe one and a half point underdogs. I'd take the Seahawks money line.
1: Yeah, um, I'm with Steve. I mean, it. I Jared Goff is too hot and cold. I mean. You can have Jalen Ramsey stop D.K. Metcalf, but there's another guy, Tyler Lockett, who loves to come out of nowhere and drop 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, and, and like you said, like their defense, the Seahawks defense was so bad. I mean, just so bad, like the first half of the season. And it, it has gotten a lot better, um, especially against like the, I know they're bad teams they're playing, but still they're not giving up much. Like, I mean, like Dwayne Haskins and them, I you know, they, it made it a little bit of it closer than it really was, but for most of that game, that defense was dominating. And I mean, it, it is like I said, it is Dwayne Haskins. But at the end of the yeah. day, I mean, but I mean they're so stopping.
0: Tyler Clark, one of the best in the league.
1: Yeah, and that guy was as far as, far as
0: as far as cash and run and like you know turning nothing into into something. And they pretty much kept him under wraps for the most part. Hmm. So I and.
2: Mean, I won't belabor the point. I get the Seahawks, which probably tells you that the Rams are going to win this game because it seems like when everybody is on the same page, usually the opposite happens. One more game and then we'll get our upset of the week, parlaying with Peyton and Shanley this week, and then we'll reminisce a little bit to wrap up this pod. Titans, Packers, Sunday night in Lambeau Field. Shanley, who do we like to win that one?
0: Ah, uh, it's so hard for me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, you know, I think he's got the ability to turn any game on a Ted, uh, especially with Devante Adams and the way that, that Lazard has been coming on since the core injury. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a, a caveat here. I, I, I think, I think the Packers win by, win by, uh, seven or eight points. If Valdez Scantling can get a can get a deep ball. Um, other than that, I think I, I think a lot of the game is going to be uh, controlled as far as like ball control. I think the ten, I think the Titans are going to control the ball a lot uh, and try to keep Aaron off the field. Uh, and I've and I've been saying it all year that I think the Titans are one of the you know top two to three teams in the AFC. Uh, you know, regardless of some of the games that they they've played and lost this year, um, especially when it comes to cold weather and, and playing these tight games, I think. Their style of ball, uh, you know, really, really, really shows up at the end of the season. Um, so I'm i am I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Titans, the Titans cover and spread, um, but I, I'm not certain they're they're gonna win. The, the Packers, what's the Packers favored by?
1: Three to three and a half. It's going back in between.
0: Yeah. So I think I think it'll probably if if I was to pit if it was a pick 'em. If it was pick'em, I'd say I, I, I'd take uh, I'd take Packers, but I, I do think the Titans will keep it under uh, you know under three or four points.
2: I like I like the Packers. I think the the thing is that the Titan defense I really don't trust, and I don't trust their secondary. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day throwing against that secondary. I think Derrick Henry has a big day, but I I don't know if Tennessee will be able to stop Aaron Rodgers long enough to be able to get ahead in the game. So I think they play catch-up, and I think the Packers win. Peyton?
1: Uh, No, yeah, I, I'm going to take – I I always – it is weird. Like, I always find myself on Aaron Rodgers' side. I don't even – I guess I am also a stand for Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's just at the end of the day, I mean, I, I get there's Derrick Henry and all that and A.J. Brown, but – and I know the Packers' defense is – it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit above average, but at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is going to lead a two-minute drill better than pretty much everybody in the NFL. So give me the Packers. If they, I'll tell you what, if that line starts to drop too, I might even just take it money line if it's, like, enough. If it gets below, like, 170, which is that right now. All
2: right. Upset of the week time. Who is on upset alert this week? Peyton, will start with you.
1: Um I mean mine's pretty easy. I'm just gonna take the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean at this point, I mean they're it's just we're an upset. Um if I had to take another one though, um man. I got I got
2: a good one. You're not taking mine.
1: Uh, trust just, me. I'll just take I'll stick with the Steelers because I think I know what you're gonna say. We got
2: Josh Rosen, revenge game. The Niners will beat the Cardinals Saturday afternoon on Amazon Prime. Is
1: starting?
2: It's either him or C.J. Bethard. One of the two is starting, and I have a feeling we're going to see Josh Rosen at some point in that game. So,
1: so Nick Mullins did get benched.
2: Nick Mullins is hurt. I think he uh, injured his hamstring. And his something.
1: eyes. His eyes yeah. must be broken.
2: <laughs> wow. But no. Give me the Josh Rosen revenge game as he's going to come off the bench and win and lead the Niners to victory over Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Shanley's been working the phone, so I wonder if he's got his upset pick over there. I'll, I'll give you two. Um, so I think I think Carolina beats Washington this week.
0: I know it's not a crazy upset. Um, it's only a two-and-a-half-point spread. Um, but I think Carolina coming back with, with CMC here this week, um, uh, with some fresh legs and uh, and an offense in in Washington, which just really, you know, who who knows what the deal is with Haskins right now? I know he was back at practice today, but who, who knows? Um, yeah, I just don't. I, Washington doesn't put enough put up enough points, I don't think, to compete with with the Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, uh, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore offense in, in Carolina, uh, regardless of Carolina's, uh, you know. That they call a defense. Um, I think I think Carolina. I think Carolina wins by a touchdown. Um, other than that, there was one more I liked, and I think that was. Sorry, sorry, sorry for the uh, for the check here. Uh, I think Detroit over Tampa Bay has a chance. Um, I think
1: any game with Matthew Stafford, I just always want to bet. Yeah.
0: It's I never just like, want to bet. Again. I mean, Matthew Stafford is just more, more, te- more underrated than any quarterback I've ever seen, like play in my in my time. As far as ability, um, I think mean, if Kenny, I don't know if Kenny Galladay's going to play or not. I think that's kind of the X factor of whether I bet money line or not. Um, if Kenny Galladay plays, I I think the Lions could could win in a in a bit of a shootout, kind of like a, a you know a thirty eight thirty five type of game, something close to forty. Um, I think the Lions have a chance to to, to eke out the sputtering uh, Tampa Bay offense. You might uh, you might lose me here in a second. I'm on one percent. I'm trying to get my phone juiced up here to see if I can get on <laughs> uh, on my phone. So just bear with me.
2: Well, while Chanley does that, why don't we do parlaying with Peyton, and then we will put an end to this 2020 season uh, year of this podcast.
1: Yeah, I thought about doing one that was going to be like the one I did a couple weeks ago. Where it's just two money lines. It was very straight up. Uh, but, nah, it's not fun. So, um, what we'll do, Dave, is to take less pressure off. And we'll go one step at a time. We'll do one at 1 o'clock, one at 4 o'clock, and one at Sunday night. We'll go. And I'm only doing this because Dan Williams pissed me the fuck off. This weekend, so I'm taking. Uh, i am here. here
0: twice. Hold on. I'm,
1: I'm. Wow, this is crazy weird.
0: He's just broken Skype. Did I just break Skype? Am I? Am I good now? You yeah, sound good. good. You sound I good. I phone to my from my computer to my phone. That should be all right. That's great. That's great. All right, cool. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, yeah, because Dan Williams just absolutely pissed me off. So, I'm going to take uh, Atlanta plus 10.5 because Kansas City can never cover anything covered. over fucking three, apparently, because they just give up. Uh, I'm taking Dallas plus 2.5. Um, I just I just like Dallas right now. It's like they're getting in a groove. Um, I don't know. Jalen Hurts, I do like him, but I don't know. Something about playing in Dallas I kind of I do like that um, and then Green Bay money line to finish out uh 20 play, 25 plays out uh 128
2: so hit it all right and that does it Peyton we have had an incredible 2020 on this podcast considering from where we were in January I don't think any of us, either one of us expected that we, that we did what we did essentially. Like I, I kind of you and I, we've had this discussion about this fact that uh, just how incredible this year has been in terms of the guests, the numbers, all the support we've received. I mean, this is it has been a crazy year for so many people, but we've we've had some success here, man.
1: I do agree. I mean, it's been um, it's been great. I mean, we. I think about. I thought about this the other the other day was with a last time the first time i really kind of started to come back on was like christmas last year and i was watching some meaningless basketball game betting it and i was like in the middle of the podcast i was just like we were basically just like like doing a pulse checkup and we're like Peyton, how you doing i'm like not good and i'm like really not good and it'd be like 10 minutes later and you'd be like payton and i'm like i'm dead i'm just dead and like and then it you know it was it, that was kind of like really the start of it and uh I don't know. We've had a lot of growth. It's been a, a good time. We have bigger things coming. Uh, some other ads and stuff lined up. So, I uh, it's been a been a good year.
2: Yeah, it is. It has been an incredible year. We thank each and every one of you that has listened to this show. Whether you listen one episode, you listen week in week out. We appreciate all the support. We also to thank all of our wonderful guests from guys like Shanley to coach Stewart, to the guys that have been on this pod for a while, to all the, to all the new guests. I mean, we've got guys like Ben Albright, Dave McCarthy, Mark Medina. We've had so many Antoine Staley. There's so many guys we've had on that. We're so thankful that they've come on and spent some time with us um, over, over the course of this year and giving us some great, Great interviews, great sound bites, and we'll have all those voices hopefully back with us in 2021, along with our buddy Brandon. So again, we wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Stay safe out there, a Happy New Year. We'll be back in 2021 with brand new episodes after the New Year's Day. So for boys, Steve Shanley, boys, hold on.
0: Let me let me get this parlay on on.
2: Uh, oh, that's on right here. Let me get this
0: rec- let me get this on record just in case it hits okay, all right listen tight. We're looking at we're looking at Cleveland minus nine and a half at the Jets. We're looking at Carolina money line over Washington, Dallas money line over Philly, and Las Vegas plus three hosting the Dolphins.
1: Oh, he logged 20- it too. He logged it in sports action twenty 25-
0: five. <laughs> 25 will pay out 418 that is plus 16 over plus 1600 Jesus Christ you put that you put that in there and you know you you can hit me up on on Twitter at, at shanley underscore 13 with uh and, and, and you know my venmo you can hit my venmo for any tips after after that hits so just just hang tight it'll hit uh, up and I'm gonna parlay that into it into a new Twitter where I sell my picks so
1: if that hits, I mean that's gonna keeps. hit.
0: It's gonna hit. It's already hit. I've already counted it into my weekly payroll.
2: <laughs>
1: so go ahead, I'm not gonna. Here. I'm not even gonna say the words that I'm thinking. But I'm like looking at it, and I like, like... just. Oh no, no! No 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 no! <laughs> in case no one knows, there's like a kiss of. Death in our group chat. Where if Steve Shanley at any point, any point says sixty clip these motherfuckers, it's just over. Like every (laughs) everything about it, whether they were up fifty to nothing, it's over. They just fucking lose. Everything about it just loses. the immediate turnaround. It's just terrible. I mean, if
2: it's it's the Charles Barkley guarantee. It started. It started at. It started at. Uh, who do we was it Wilkes? Oh my we god! We scored.
0: We scored. We scored twice quickly on Wilks our junior year when we were about to win the conference championship. And I'm looking over at my buddy, and I go, "We're going to sixty clip these motherfuckers." And then we ended up losing to the you know the, the Wilks team that hadn't won a game that year, and we were undefeated, yeah. and they were defeated, and ended up costing us the rest of our season
1: pretty much. It was, saying, was <laughs> Like it was just. I mean, it was absurd. <laughs> like I yeah, remember Dan,
0: we, Dan, if you're listening, it's, it's partially your fault too.
1: Yeah, partially. Uh, <laughs> I'll just my one thing is though I'll never forget this moment was I wasn't even watching the last kick like see if it made it. I was watching Steve like I was like skull, like I fucking him and I'm like looking at him like I'm I'm gonna know if this is good right from where he's where he is. Shanley, whole- Shanley's hold holds were always on point. So he holds it perfect hold everything. And he just takes his fucking fist and just pounds sand. he goes, fuck. Doesn't even, like, look. He looks like it for a second. He goes, fuck. And then, like, I look up after. Not even close. It might have been the worst field goal attempt I've seen (laughs) since, like, middle school. It was so fucking bad. It
0: wasn't even halfway through the air before I decided that the game was over. It was so sad. But, yeah. Sexy clip.
2: This was fun. Thanks for having me on, boys. (laughs) No problem, Steve. So for Steve Shandley. Jesus Christ. For I Peyton Gerard. Say, yeah. For Peyton Gerard.
1: Have a good holiday, everybody.
2: I'm Dave Little Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you in twenty twenty one.